0: Well, welcome to the post-game wrap. Bulldogs going back to Omaha, 12th time in school history, 11-7, to 7, the win tonight. Game three of this start, well, Super Regional, Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. Charlie, boy, tonight's one of those nights where you, you sit at the ballpark. I sat there with my 10-year-old son, and I looked over at him, and he thinks that Mississippi State goes to Omaha every year. And I just looked around that ballpark. I was sitting there in the seventh inning today and I was sitting with my best friend from college, Josh Quinn, and we're looking at the crowd and how everything has unfolded. You've got to lead. That's the best ballpark in the country. There's nobody else in the country. No other school can sit there and say, we got it better than this. From a standpoint of being able to watch a ball game, the crowd, the atmosphere, everything tied in together, there's nobody out there that matches what we match. We talked about this last week. People talk about Notre Dame and football, about how you make have to make that trek to South Bend to watch Notre Dame play football. If you're a baseball fan, tonight was as perfect, as perfect as it can possibly get.
1: It was in the fifth inning I got a message from a lawyer in Dallas guy named Brian Jorgensen actually played for John Cohen at Missouri, and he says that's the most incredible college baseball atmosphere I can possibly imagine. You look around it's i was I was out in the outfield today with my kids, my family, my wife, and you know you look around and I'm thinking I'm looking at my daughter, my son, and they I don't know that they appreciate how great this is. I mean, no. these are the good old good. days. These are the good days. I mean, days. think about this. We sit around and we talk so much about history. I would dare say that nobody talks more about the history of Mississippi State baseball than the two of us. And we talk about Clark and Palmero. They made it to one College World Series. I'm not knocking those guys. I'm just saying how hard it is. M- meanwhile, look what we've had lately. I get it. We don't have statues of these guys just yet, right? But between Mangum and Tanner Allen and rowdy jordan tanner allen and rowdy jordan don't know anything but going to omaha
0: that's crazy it was funny i saw craig reed at the ball game he's his son-in-law is cole gordon of course craig lives here in start a long time native and his dad wesley reed longtime football coach and in, in the athletic department and he walked up and he says hey i just got a text message from cole he and mangum are watching the game even though they're, oh, that's cool even though we're playing the game and so i saw stacy coming in the game tonight and you know, that's what's so crazy and what's so funny, and I was looking at Jonathan Holder sending out tweets and Pappelbaum was out there. Pappelbaum was at the ballpark. Raphael was here this weekend. This is a big deal.
1: So I, mean, I think of a guy too, um, one of my favorite players going back, was a guy named David Mitchell. Yeah. David Mitchell was a center fielder on that nineteen ninety team. And one of the things I loved about David Mitchell was he started basically as a fifth year senior. He was a guy who paid his dues and worked and worked, became a starter. And I remember him making catch the final out. We go to Omaha. And I see him standing out there, you know, like with his phone up. And I'm like, how cool is this that these guys who were on that field are not only just sitting here, but taking it in just like the rest of us, just excited as the rest of us? It was, it was just a really, really cool night. The atmosphere. Was phenomenal, and and I just look. I still can't believe
0: it. It's different at night, man. I'm telling you, it's different at night. And I get the I I get knocked back a little bit by my buddies. I got a text group that's got about eleven of our college buddies, and they always give me a hard time about how I never show emotion, and I don't. When I'm at the ball game, I think just so many years of doing baseball, it's like yesterday. We walked in, and you want to be mad, but then you're like. You know, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. That's the thing that baseball teaches you as a kid. And it's like tonight, you don't want to get too high and proclaim as national champions. But last night, you want, don't want to get low. But, man, I was yelling and screaming tonight. I mean, I can't hardly talk right now. I was yelling and screaming, and, and they were all laughing at me saying, man, Bart got that thing tonight. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> so
1: I, When I got there, as soon as the umpires took the field today, I made a point to let the second base umpire, Tony Norris, know what I thought about his performance the past few days. And I had everybody on my rig looking at me like, have you lost your mind? I was like, no, you know what? I've been quiet for a few days. I got a few ball strike calls I hadn't argued. I got a ball that should have been fair, I want to argue. But you you go back and you talk about that. It's kind of the end of the game. My daughter looked at me. She was shaking. And Mary Elliott looks at me. like, are you happy? (laughs) I was like, it's perfect. It's perfect.
0: You give me a hard time sometimes, and so does Matt Wyatt about being glass half empty BART sometimes. And sometimes it's a stick, just a you know, whatever. And I hate to say this, but I'm gonna say it. I don't wanna say the word surprised, but looking at this team from day one, yes, we had some pitching. We knew we had Bednar, we knew we had McLeod and but I look you know, looking through the lineup and just kind of looking at past Omaha teams. And Charlie, looking early on, when you had to fight, scratch, and claw to win a game against Kent State, you had to have two walk-offs against Tulane, and you got shut down by a guy by Kent State early on in the season. I just kind of looked and said, "I just don't know. I don't, I don't know if this team is is good enough to make it." I'm gonna really be honest with you. I didn't, I did not think this team could get to this point. I really did not. And and I, I, this is not a knock because I know how tough it is, and I know how deep the country is going to be this year in pitching and and athleticism in the game of baseball. And we do a good job of trying to make sure people understand we're not the agents of Chris Lamonis. I'd like to be right now because, man, let me tell you, I look at how he did this year. Incredible. The overall job by Chris Lamones, Scott Foxhall, and Jake Gotro. Kyle cheese, let me tell you something. Kyle cheese, bro. Won us some games this year as the third base coach, getting guys from first to third in a heartbeat.
1: Nobody in the league was better at us no. getting first to third on a base hit.
0: All of those guys, and this is—if we'd have lost today, I'd have said the same thing. This was as good a coaching job as I think I've ever seen in college baseball. They got every—they got everything you can get out of a group of guys. And looking at today, today today, I think is the best performance of the season. I mean, I look back, you had some you had some walk-off wins early. But looking at what Notre Dame did offensively the first two days, and you know you were going to start Houston Harding. Simmons came in and gave it an inning, and you know you had Landon Sims just trying to close it out. And let me tell you, he gutted it, and he gutted it, and he gutted it. That's the best win of the season. Of course it's the best win because it takes you to <laughs> Omaha, but – even so many big wins today, just not, not, the, not the overall win. I'm just talking about today was an unbelievable win, a great ballgame win.
1: So, I've got several thoughts that kind of came into my mind throughout the game tonight in terms of trying to put this in perspective. The first thing, and I said this to you a lot off the air this year, that I was worried that this team was overrated. And that's not to say I thought they were a bad team. It is to say that I thought we had some exceptionally high expectations in a year that was going to be a strange year.
0: And that's what worried me more than anything is because everything coming out preseason had you thinking maybe a little bit better than it actually was.
1: And I think the thing that that has done, if anything, is taken away a little bit in some people's minds just how good a job Chris Limones has done this year. And we go back, we've talked so much about how he's pushed buttons. He had to push buttons and he had to tear the machine up and and pull all the parts out and try over a few times this year. And at the end of the year, it started to come together. There were some places on this team throughout the year where you didn't know who was going to fill a spot, but he ultimately found a way to make it work. You didn't know where you were always going to get pitching. Look, we were having to debate today in game three of a series who the starting pitcher was going to be. That's a tough spot to be in as the manager of a club when you don't really even, you know, when it, when there's a debate for your game three guy, you got to wonder about where you are. But I think a couple of things have happened. You and I, after a broadcast early in this season, looked at each other and said, this team's got to find some leadership. This team's got to have somebody that's going to have the tough conversations with them. It was after the Arkansas series. And you can tell that over the course of the year, Tanner Allen has elevated his game. He was good already. But I hope people appreciate just how good a player Tanner Allen has been. Tanner Allen has been historically good for Mississippi State this year. Rowdy Jordan has been really good. You've seen Brad Cumbus develop. So many things, so many guys have stepped up over the back part of the season. And I think hats off to the coaching staff, hats off to those guys and i, I got to say one other thing, Bart. I, I know you've talked about it. We talked about it a minute ago. I wish more than anything I could bottle up that atmosphere. I wish there was a pill that I could take every morning and feel like I felt at that ballpark tonight. You know, in Mississippi, we take our lumps for a lot of stuff. We hear a lot of talk about you're last in this, you're last in this. But I'll tell you what, we don't take a back seat to anybody. Not a dang soul, not another school out there in terms of that experience in college baseball. We just don't. It's special and it is awesome.
0: Ross Dellinger with the Sports Illustrated, of course, Ross is a good friend and from the Gulf Coast and lives up in the DC area right now. And you know, Ross tweeted out I think in the eighth inning tonight and says, If you if you like college baseball, you need to turn it on ESPN two right now. And that, that was pretty cool. And, hey, knowing – and let me tell you this. Knowing that the college baseball world, everybody in college baseball, there there have been super regional games that have overlapped this weekend. All eyes tonight in the country were on this place right here. Notre Dame's got a huge following. Huge following. You know that. You're a grad. I remind you that all the time. Shiny helmets are too much. I'm telling you that. And I'll tell you this, too. There are probably some other fan bases – that were rooting for Notre Dame harder tonight than the Notre Dame fan base. One or two come to mind. But you just can't beat what you just saw.
1: Well, and I'll say this. That was a very, very good baseball team that we just took two out of three from.
0: I want to know what LaMana did the first two months of the season. I mean, where was he? That guy was batting like two thirty coming in here, and everything he hit was a frozen rope. I every out he hit was a line drive. <laughs> what
1: about the shortstop comes down here and hits the ball all weekend? Okay. That ball from Cavadas. I know we'll talk about the game in a minute. Oh my but God. that ball, I mean, they had to fish it out of the Tom Bigby.
0: Man. Okay, and I tweeted this. To me, that was the equivalent of the Frank Thomas home run off the bathrooms in left field off Tommy yes. Raffo. Yeah. I mean, that was every bit. Will Clark hit one kind of like that at one time. I remember Will hitting one over the trees and right several times but i don't i don't remember one like that because i think that ball's still going up tanner allen didn't move a leg i mean he's like I, he, he didn't even turn i mean every, everybody knew it was crazy cavadas just absolutely crushed that one hey let's talk about a ball game let's talk about this um looking back to the first inning you kind of wondered about houston harding we we had talked extensively about him you know having the difficulties with that one start that he had coming out of the gate Cole, who has been so good at the second hole, I mean, they had six; they were six for nine in their top two guys tonight. Cole comes out, runs one out of the yard to right field, and you're like, "Well, Notre Dame came to play tonight."
1: I thought that ball was going to stay in the park from my angle. Man. I did it too. Just got over the wall.
0: But you look back to the first inning, and then you know you you're able to settle down. You walk Jared Miller,
1: nine pitch at bat.
0: But uh, I thought the strikeout to Cavadas in the first inning kind of settled him down a little bit. And then Houston Harding just kind of settled in. But here, looking back to the bottom of the first, how many times have we talked about all season long the ability to answer? Okay, and here's – I wrote down this note. When you look in the bottom of the first inning, and Rowdy Jordan's at the plate, okay, and Notre Dame is playing at third base with Brannigan, okay, who who played a really good solid third base for the most part this weekend. Did a pretty he good was job. Good all year long. He, he was good all year long. He was good all year long. He was in on the grass against Rowdy, all right? And on the pitch that Rowdy grounds to him, he's backing up to go back even with a bag. He never got set, okay? If he stays in, Notre Dame moves him back. If he stays in, he catches that ball on the first hop. It's an easy play, 5-3 put out. He was actually backing up and never got set, and then that ball was on him on a short hop. So all of a sudden, boom, you got the guy on base. Little things, man, little things in this game about being able to get your feet set. He never got his feet set.
1: And then you're able to answer.
0: Yeah, and then you're able to answer. Then all of a sudden, okay, game on. Let's get this crowd in this thing.
1: And so Hancock comes through with the single. You get the run home, and, and all of a sudden it's a different game. And I think if you're Houston Harding, you go back to the mound in the second inning. And, look, Houston Harding was not perfect. But you know what he did? He competed.
0: Let me tell you this, I would rather have Houston Harding out there than a lot of other folks right now. Man, I'm telling you, he gets after it. I I, I feel like he just guts it. Okay, we talk about so many different guys in the lineup, and and you talk about that first inning of Cameron James getting the single, that RBI single by Luke Hancock, that pitch was up, and he pulls it, and you're able to score Rowdy Jordan, tie the ball game. Let's look at the second inning. This game was one in the second.
1: Yes. Spend some time in the bottom of the second.
0: Brad Cumbest, his best – At bat of the season.
1: Yes, and it is very interesting. So, my son, Michael, is standing to my right through the whole game. You have to know that if you sit in my spot, you stand in my area, there's a lot of superstition involved. And I heard Matt Wyatt talking on his show today that you can't believe in superstition. I don't trust a baseball fan who's not a little bit superstitious. I had to
0: sit in the same spot tonight. I got up when Stone Simmons gave up the three runs. I had to go back to the same spot. They
1: moved me forcefully back to my spot. But my son looks at me and he said – You know, I'm ready to see. And it was so funny because he goes, I'm really ready to see Cumbas start going to right field. Boom.
0: 0-2
1: pitch. And I was like, wow. He he simplified the approach. He shortened the swing. And we've talked about, look, last night we had some bad approaches at the plate, particularly in the 6th and 7th. You know, we're trying to chase pitchers last night. We have eight pitches in the 6th. We see five in the 7th. We didn't do a good job. And then today – the two-strike adjustment. And I know this has been talked about on broadcast, but that's one of the real tributes to Jake Gotro. This team doesn't just give up on two strikes. They grind out at bats, and I thought Cumbus does a great job. And then once Cumbus got that hit, the game got big for Will Mercer. It
0: really did. And they had Rayo in the bullpen. When the game started, essentially. Yes. I mean, it was one out in the first inning, and he was in the bullpen getting ready. Kellum Clark had a very good at bat. Falls behind. Well, actually, the count's even. Two balls, two strikes. He's able to – and he looked really bad on that first pitch. <laughs> he looked bad on that swing. Tried to check a swing. Waved at it. He's down 0-1. He gets back-to-back balls. fouls the ball off. He's 2-2. Did a good job of taking breaking balls down and in. Draws the walk. Then all of a sudden – Hey, fourth- real quick. Kellum Clark, one of the things that gives you a lot of hope, that guy – doesn't
1: chase a lot of bad pitches. You know, he takes a lot of balls. He's got a really good eye for the strike zone right now.
0: He really does. Uh, but he looks like he kind of got sped up a little bit in the last couple of games. But then Forsyth comes to the plate, and what's everybody in the ballpark thinking? Okay, first and second, nobody out. It's a 1-1 ball game. We're going to bunt.
1: No, and what I'm thinking is I am telling my, my friend Brent DeWeese, what are we doing? He can't bunt. <laughs> but, I mean, the guy can't but and, I, and I, I shouldn't say that I'm not calling the guy out but look I'm not casting aspersions
0: on Forsyth he's just not a great bunter he, he's not but let me ask you this question if you got a nine hole hitter that is a 240 hitter oh I want him to bunt our, our, isn't that like you're working on like 70 at 11 o'clock at night? You're working on 70 bunts at 11 o'clock at night. I'm <laughs> teaching you how to I – mean, you are going to bunt the baseball. And I we thought, tried the fake bunt slash there, didn't we? And I had no problem with it. And here's the reason either. why. They had the wheel play on. They had first and third crashing. You're going to get combusted third because no matter what you do, you're going to bunt it and you're going to get that guy at third base. And so I had no problems with one strike doing the fake bunt slash. And then Craig Reed walks back to me and says, what are we doing I'm trying to swing away with Forsyth? And I was like, Craig, I had no problem with that. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. Turn around and around, <laughs> Walked out. I loved it, actually. I, I did. I did, too. But here's the thing about it, okay? And I'm I'm going to go back to this play. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what my play of the game by two brothers smoke meets is. I'm going to tell you right now. Here it is right now. Rowdy Jordan, bases loaded, no outs. Rowdy Jordan was 0 for 5 tonight. And I thought this was the at-bat of the ball game. Hits a ground ball to shortstop and gets it out of the box. He absolutely just got it out of the box. Beats it out. They got one out at second base. They can't turn the double play. That changed the entire inning, the entire ball game. The six-run second inning was set up for because a guy who was 0 for 5 at the plate when it all ended ran out of ground ball. I want that guy on my team.
1: And that was the first at-bat that Rayo had as a pitcher. So, Rayo comes in. That's yes. the first guy he faces. And I'm sitting there, and what I said was, going back to the Pat McMahon philosophy, Rayo's job right here is to hold Mississippi State to two runs.
0: Hold it to two. And that's what I said. I was like, get at least two. I said get at least two. And Notre Dame's
1: kind of par right there.
0: Yeah. we're, We're going the golf analogy.
1: That's good for us, and that's good for them. Yeah. And I thought, but you don't get those two if Rowdy doesn't dig it down the line and beat that out. And then here's what's crazy, you come back and in our memories we're going to be thinking about the big hits from Rowdy and Tanner, but you look at the game, the runs in that ball game that were arguably decisive, in many ways were right there in the sixth. Rowdy on a fielder's choice, Tanner Allen flying out to center, and that ball wouldn't even hit that
0: deep. No, it wasn't. Kellum Clark, I couldn't believe it. we we tried to score him, and I think we found out real quick. About the arm of the center fielder. He didn't I mean, have one. No, nah, he didn't. Myers Myers was good at the plate, but he wasn't that good throwing the ball back in. And then you end up with a home run from Logan Tanner, and that was the big peel right there.
1: Well, you got a two-out single from Cameron James. Then he's still second. Luke Hancock, Luke Hancock walks on a 3-1 pitch. Then you get that three-run homer, and that ball was
0: smoked. So you look back at it, okay, you look back in the second inning when you scored the six runs, two of the guys that scored were walks, okay. Kellum Clark was a walk. Luke Hancock was a walk right before the three-run home run. What have we said all week about how you have to limit walks, limit free bases in front of Notre Dame hitters? They made that same mistake to us. And so all of a sudden – that three-run home run comes into play when you put free bases on.
1: And so a lot of people will say that, that what I'm about to point out really didn't mean anything, but I thought something that was very big in the ball game was the fact that after that home run, even though you don't score another run in the inning, De Brule singles, Combus walks, Clark walks, the net effect of that, one, is you've turned your order over again because Forsythe hit again in the inning. Then the other part is Notre Dame ran through two more pitchers. And so this was a ball game in many ways that had the chance to be a game of attrition. So Rayo comes out. Simon comes in. He can't find anything near the strike zone. Yeah. And then you got to go to Sheridan. And so even though you don't score runs, you kept the pressure on Notre Dame and kept it turning.
0: So it 7-1, Notre Dame comes right back. They get a run to the top of the third inning. Leadoff double by LaMana. Like I said, 9-0 yeah, well, my- hitter. Catcher hadn't hit a lick all season long. He went one for four tonight, but I mean he scalded it. But able to get out of that inning with that with giving up just the one run, that was a big because Myers followed him up with an RBI single, but then a strike back to back strikeouts and a, a ground out from Cavadas got you out of that inning. And so Houston Harding settled you down. You got to run back. I thought answering in that third inning was big. You got the Tanner Allen home run. That was huge. And so it's eight to two. And, I, you know, we scored our first five at-bats. Charlie, you and I talked with Jason Crowder before the, the the game today. We were on WFCA, our great partners over in French Camp, and they air our show each and every week. And we were talking about how, you know, Notre Dame was going to probably attack from a pitching standpoint. You thought that Mercer, then the Rayo who pitched yesterday comes, he's the first guy out of the bullpen, surprising. which was, was very surprising to me. I thought they would have probably gone with Sheridan. Because Sheridan has, has had some pretty good numbers. We hit Sheridan okay.
1: And Rayo didn't throw strikes yesterday. No,
0: he didn't. But what did I say? I said, if you bring Bertrand back today, if you bring Bertrand back today, what is that? That's the move? That's yeah, That that's, that's that's shows you that you're desperate. That's the deper, desperation move. And number 28 was warming that pin early for those guys. And he was good. Yes, Bertrand was. was better today than he was Saturday. I mean, the guy went four innings, gave up one run on two hits, struck out three and walked one. 43 pitches. He was better today on one-day risk. So, at the end of the day, we could go back through this
1: thing. Well, I want to go through the top of the fourth because I thought – I sent a tweet out and said, if Mississippi State wins, draw a circle around the top of the fourth inning.
0: Hey, and before you do that – Okay. Before you do that, I want to remind everybody, we are in the Bank First studios. Bank First, better way to bank. They're located – they're housed out of Columbus, Mississippi. Started in Macon. Long-standing bank. They're a growing bank. They're in Mississippi and Alabama. We talked about Marcus Mallory last night. Of course, Moe Griffin and all these guys, great bankers in Mississippi and Alabama, they are just blowing and going right now in this market. And so if you're looking for a mortgage, refinance, those mortgage rates are still good to refinance right now. If you're looking for commercial loans, construction loans, anything, those guys will take care of you. That's where we bank. Bank first, better way to bank. What you got in the fourth inning?
1: I thought that this was a real pivotal moment in the ballgame because Mississippi State had that. Eight to two lead at the point, and you issue the leadoff walk to putts on a full count pitch. You get the strikeout, but then Brannigan comes in and gets a hit, and ultimately Notre Dame's got guys on second and third. And you know, a couple of runs, you, you're not going to have, as they say, have a six run swing, right? You're not going to hit a six run home run. But for Notre Dame at that point, the key is put a couple up, put a couple up. And then LaManna lines out, and this is one where Tanner Allen goes and gets a ball. If that ball gets down, it's a different ball game right there.
0: Well, Tanner Allen had that big catch to end the fourth inning. Rowdy had the huge catch to end the second inning. We made plays in the field. Cameron, if you Jam- don't make those plays, Yeah, it's a very different game. Cameron James made a great pick play. Over at third on short hop. I mean, that was a do or die. That was, to be honest with you, that was the old lay. I'm, it's going to be really good or really bad. Well, and all I could think was, uh oh, now he's got to throw it. <laughs> because
1: I mean, and that's not a knock on Cameron. It's just you know, I go back to the days growing up as a Cubs fan. Remember Sean
0: Dunston? Sean Dunston, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Chuck Knobloch, Steve Sachs. You know, if he make a great play, get up and throw it sixteen rows in the bleachers. You know, Rube in Major League Two, the catcher. Oh yeah. And then in the fifth inning. Notre Dame gets a leadoff single from Myers. They get the, another single by Ryan Cole. You got Jared Miller to plate. He walks the and this double is when by
1: Simmons is in the game.
0: Yeah, Simmons Simmons comes in. You had that error out in right field, the first error of the season on Tanner Allen in the last game at the ballpark. A big strikeout from Cavadas that could have really gotten away from you. But Putz had the big hit. He had that big double down the third baseline, driving in a pair. They end up getting three. And then I think that was the reminder of, yeah, we got a big lead in the game, but these guys can stroke it.
1: Yes, and even though – so you go then to the bottom half of that inning and you put one run up. Tanner Allen got you started with a double. You have a ground out that moves him to third. Hancock grounds out to first, but they're able to hold the runner so you can't score. You intentionally walk Logan Tanner. You've got two outs for Scotty Brule. And that was a big single in my mind to put a run on the board right there.
0: Yeah, just adding sticks. If you just add one, you just add one just to kind of stop. It's not about adding momentum for you. It's about stopping momentum. And so then you've got you know a situation where you know you've got that lead and then you got number 23 down in the bullpen. All right. I, I'm, all right. I'm sitting there going, man, you know, is this uh, – do we need one inning out of Parker Stanett? What do you need here? I was surprised. I was too. I uh, was too.
1: I think a lot of the crowd was surprised because he just kind of kind of snuck out of the pen and started – they were dragging the field, you know, so there's a lot going on right there. I thought we were going to see Parker Stanett for an inning right there.
0: But he comes in, he gets a strikeout. So, excuse me. He comes in the game in sixth inning, gets a ground out to the second baseman, a fly out, and then the fly out to left field, so back-to-back fly outs. But here's the thing what he did in the sixth inning is I looked over at at my buddies and I was like, hey, let me tell you, he needs a quick inning in the sixth, and he got a quick inning in the sixth. And that kind of helps you kind of get into that last few innings of play. But, hey, looking in the seventh inning, I go back to Cavadas, leadoff walk. I thought one of the big plays, too, was Jared Miller fouling that ball back. It was yes. almost like that was a dangerous time after the walk, but Miller skies that pop-up. And then Cavadas, absolutely. <laughs> just this. It's it's funny to talk about, you know, when you win. Yeah, that's I mean, right. I mean, we can sit there and kind of admire it and say, all right, and tip your hat, hey, buddy, that was that was big time. But the, but the home run was, was massive. But that was the last two runs they would score.
1: And right? we go back to something we've talked about all week. The key right there, Cole – had walked. If Miller gets on base in front of him, it's a different game. It's so important to limit the number of guys on base when he's hitting.
0: Okay, you go to the eighth inning, and at this time Bertrand has kind of settled in on Notre Dame's side. If you've got a four-run lead in going to the last two frames, it is imperative to keep it three or four. I'd like to keep it four because one swing of the bat – can tie you know? Of course, tie a ball game with a grand slam. I thought the bottom of the order, which Notre Dame has been so good with the first two games, Landon Sims striking out Bradigan, and then you know getting the pinch hitter with a strikeout, then LaManna with a strikeout. The bottom three in the order to strike out in the eighth inning. I so, thought that was huge.
1: Yeah, I thought it was too. And one of the things that really jumped out to me was you go back to the first two innings that Sims pitched; he didn't strike anybody out. And so what I'm wondering is, has the ball flattened out on him a little bit? Are the guys going to – are seeing him better? I know they're not getting hits, but they're putting it in play. The eighth inning gave me a little more comfort because this was the Landon Sims I know.
0: Okay, so then we start the ninth inning. Mm. And the first thing that's in the back of my mind is we're at the top of the order. We're up by four. And who's the fourth guy that's going to come to the plate? You've got to get an out before Cavadas comes to the plate. You have to get it out. Somewhere in the first 3. You get back-to-back singles. I said, "Okay, we just got to get Miller right here." You get the huge strikeout of Miller. And to me, that was the big thing. You couldn't you could not go into that Cavadas at bat with him being the tying run. Just couldn't do it. And then he hits into that 6-4-3 double play. Mass hysteria at the ballpark. That was fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's incredible. The third straight year going to Omaha.
0: 18-19. Of course, 18 was in Nashville. 19 was against Stanford. We had a bigger lead against Stanford. I felt like we were just a lot better than Stanford. Notre Dame, Notre Dame was good, man. I'm man, look,
1: you. I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to play Notre Dame in a seven-game series. Because hey, I, mean, no. I don't know how this thing turns out. That That is a really good baseball team. And for anybody who thinks that Mississippi State is going to back into Omaha – no, man, they they played a very good baseball team this weekend. Are they you saying, earned it.
0: Are you saying this is not what John Cohen drew up? Yeah, I was going to say, if, <laughs> if he was trying to
1: engineer an easy path, <laughs> then I have some severe, some real harsh questions to ask him.
0: Okay, it's time to look at our stats, brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Maroon and White Realty, Sterling, Dahl, and gang over on Star Avenue, just on the south side of Starwell They know everything that's going on in the real estate market. I got an email from Sterling the other day that said, Hey, got somebody got somebody on the hook, man. Got the email that said I was listening to you on the Out of Left Field show. How about that? That's right, man. Hey, you advertise with us, we'll make you money. That's I can guarantee right. <laughs> you. But uh, hey, though, and those guys, they do a great job with development. If if you're looking to to buy a bunch of condos and property management, they do great with their property management. But also, if you're looking for a condo, if you're looking for something for you just to come up here and uh, retire, relax, or for a kid coming to school, that's it's, they're the perfect people to talk to. So Sterling Dahl. At Maroon and White Realty, let's take a look at the individual stats. First, for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Is it Notre Dame or Notre Dame? Some people call it Notre Dame. Some people call it Notre Dame. What do you call it? Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. Myers in the top spots was three for five. Cole was three for four. Those are the only two guys that had multiple hits for Notre Dame in a game today. Cavadas was one for five, and the big one's still traveling. It's over. A, it went in Chadwick Lake. It had to hit the road. It's I didn't in the Tom Bigby.
1: There's Bards traffic that's been disrupted over there.
0: Putts had the two-run double, so he was one for three in the game. Brannigan was one for four, the catcher. LaManna in that, four, in that ninth spot in the order the catcher. Actually, Brannigan's the third baseman. LaManna is the catcher. And both those guys were one for four in the game. Preisner, who was three for four in the first two games, had combined six hits in the first two games. He went 0 for four in the game tonight, had a strikeout. And, uh, you know, Coatsy, who had been good all season long, he went 0 for 3 in the game. So let's take a look at the pitching stats. Mercer went an inning, gave up four runs, three earned on three hits. He struck out zero, and he walked two. He's the guy that takes the loss. Throws 38 pitches. Then Rayo comes in, throws two-thirds of an inning, three runs, all earned on three hits, no strikeouts, one walk. We only struck out four times tonight, Bertrand the – Guy on the back end, the last four, and he struck out three of the four. Wow. We did a good job putting the ball in play. Simon didn't get anybody out. He walked a couple, threw a wild pitch, did not record an out, faced two batters. Sheridan was okay. He went two and a third, gave up three runs on four hits, struck out one, didn't walk anybody. Hey, he was a strike thrower, 24 uh, 24 pitches, 19 strikes. And then Bertrand kind of closed it out. One run, hey, tip your hat to this guy. One run, two hits three strikeouts, one walk, on a day's rest, 43 pitches. Sometimes you see guys have bullpen sessions after two days rest, and sometimes they'll go, usually a bullpen session, two days out, what, 40 pitches? And so that was probably – that was pretty much a bullpen session moved up a day early is what it was for him, 43 pitches. And so that's the, the stats for Notre Dame. And for Mississippi State, Rowdy Jordan went 0 for 5. But like I said, that ground out that he beat out, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Rowdy going 0 for 5 in that game. Tanner Allen, 2 for 4, had the home run, had the double in the game. Cameron James went 2 for 5 as well. Logan Tanner had a 2 for 4 day with three RBIs, that big three-run bomb. He also had a double. Brad to was 2 for 4. Had an RBI and a double as well. Also walked Scotty DeBrule. Oh, Scotty went two for four in the game today. Big RBI single like you talked about a moment ago. And Kellum Clark went one for two. Luke Hancock had that big RBI single in the first inning. He finishes one for four. So the pitching stats, Houston Harding went the first four today. Gives up two runs on four hits, four strikeouts, two walks. Tip your hat to Houston who did a great job just kind of – Eating you four innings. That's what we needed. We needed four innings. through 79 pitches, 52 strikes. Houston Harding's ERA is 2.87. That's pretty good. Yeah, you'll take that, won't you? Stone Simmons came in. Stone's a stone strike thrower. He gave up three runs on three hits. He struck out two and he walked one. Wasn't what we're used to seeing out of Stone Simmons. Hey, he and Bertrand were teammates at Furman. At Furman. And then Landon Sims the last four innings. Improves to 4-0. Two runs, three hits, four strikeouts, one walk. 55 pitches for Landon Sims, 35 strikes. His ERA now at 1.55. And so the final line totals, State had 11 runs on 12 hits, commit one error, leave eight on the bases. Notre Dame, seven runs, 10 hits. They also commit one error and leave six on the bases. And so that's a look at our stats Brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Here in Starville, Maroon and White. Anything you could possibly need with your real estate. Go see those guys. Sterling Dahl and those people at Maroon and White Realty. They'll hook you up, take care of you real, real well. So,
1: I have an observation on the stats. Okay. And I want to look at one thing on pitching. I get it. It's very different. It's different times of the ball game, and it's very different styles. But look at those line totals for Houston Harding and Landon Sims. Both of them go four innings. Both of them allow two runs. Both of them strike out four hitters. In the sum total, very different styles, but in terms of the the line numbers, I I just want to put into context how well I think Houston Harding did. The reason you took Harding out of the ballgame, you weren't going to send him back through that order a third time. That's exactly exactly when we pulled. We had a clean break at the end of four innings. He did not do anything to pull himself out of the game. Analytics got him pulled. You just weren't going to send him back through that order. I thought he gave you exactly what you needed today. He was very good. I don't want that to get
0: lost. Exactly what you just said. His last out in the fourth inning was a nine-hole hitter. You had the top of the order coming up in the fifth. That's the third time through the order. You just you don't do that. Um So that's a look at our stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Charlie, play of the game. I told you my play of the game. I'm telling you, it was digging out that ground ball, Rowdy Jordan. Rayo comes in. He's batting from the left side. Yeah, he didn't hit it hard. And I thought tonight, I thought, you know, you had another infield single as well. Those are plays, and and I go back, and I'm not spiking a football. I promise you I'm not. But there's where the difference is playing artificial turf – and on a grass field. That's a double play ball in South Bend. That's a double play ball that Rowdy hits because it gets on the quickly quicker. And so as a shortstop, he played it as aggressive as he could, but he kind of stopped halfway through instead of running through it. You can play it more certain on turf. Yeah.
1: You, you don't have the threat of that thing taking a funny hop, where here you go too hard
0: it and there's up.
1: no telling where it's going.
0: So that's my play of the game, and the play of the game – is brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive in Startville. Two brothers, they have the the tacos. Man, the street tacos are awesome. We talk about the smoke wings all the time. Charlie likes those. Are they still open right now? I'm telling you, man, this is the perfect time for those those fries. It's the perfect time for the fries. But everything they, they fix there is awesome. Two Brothers Smoke Meats right there on University Drive. You've heard my play of the game. What's yours?
1: It's the Logan Tanner home run. That, to me, was the game-changing moment. You got two outs right there. You run one out of the yard, three RBIs. Game's different. That It's a 3-1 game, 6-1 game. They're just different, and that, to me, was what changed the game.
0: My phone's buzzing, man. I'm talking about phones lighting up right now. Tickets, I do not know where the team is staying. I have no idea where the team is staying in Omaha. And so that's a, that's a look at our – Big plays of the game brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive right in the heart of the Cotton District. I think I said that made it 6-1. That actually made it 7-1, didn't it? Yes. It gave
1: you the six-run lead.
0: Six-run lead, 7-1. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I yeah, didn't correct so you. I'm sorry.
1: correct myself there. But to me, that, that ultimately was a huge difference in the ball game.
0: All right, Charlie, we go to Omaha. Man, third time in a row. I was actually talking to some folks the other day who had never been before, and they were like, hey, if we go, what do we need to do? Do you want to do like a Rick Steves trip to Omaha? (laughs) Trip to Omaha. (laughs) I (laughs) I would say, number one, uh,
1: be prepared to be there a while.
0: And you can take this in different ways. A lot of folks go up there early the first weekend. We'll play the Sunday game at 6 o'clock against Texas. So, uh, uh, on our side of the bracket, you've got the 2 and the 3 and the 6 and the 7. Texas is the 2. We're the 7. The 3 is Tennessee. The 6 is essentially Virginia because TCU was the six and they got beat out somewhere in there. Virginia takes that. So, on our side of the bracket, you've got us in Texas, Tennessee, and Virginia. On the other side, the other side will start on Saturday. Of course, NC State is the one seed. Arkansas's not there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I I forgot. They're not. They are not. And so, all you worry about, really, to be honest with you, is our side. Because you wouldn't play anybody into the championship on the other side. Arizona's on the other side. Who else is on the other side? The Whistler. Vandy's on the other side. Vandy's the best team on the other side. We're going to play the number two team. And, okay, of course, we played Texas in the first game of the year. We're going to see Ty Madden again, I guarantee you.
1: And he's a different guy right now than a, he was then. He's, he's a, a different guy.
0: And what beat him the first time we played him is he tried to establish a breaking ball early, fell behind in counts, and we hit two O fast fastballs. He couldn't
1: throw the breaking ball for a strike, and because of that, he was having to throw fastballs, and we just sat on it.
0: Absolutely, and that was when Landon Sims came in and pitched the last four innings. That's
1: That's when we learned who Landon Sims was, really. Absolutely. we knew he was a guy on the roster, but we didn't know he was this Landon Sims until that day.
0: Christian McLeod was good the first four innings of that game, so you'd be interested to see what State does. I would probably think Bednar. You don't know for certain what you do in game one of the College World Series. At least you're there. That's all that matters, man. Here's my thing about Omaha, and we spent – if you go up there, a lot of folks go that first weekend, some people wait a day or two before you go because you can be up there a week and a half, especially if you get to the championship round. Now, if you get to the championship round, I mean, get there. Figure out a way to get there, and that's what happened in 2013. The thing about Omaha is you got a lot of parking around the stadium, and you've got those big parking lots down there, and a lot of people try to stay downtown, And, yeah, that's – I mean, it's okay. I mean, you don't have to stay at the team hotel. I'm telling you, you don't. And, you know, you've got that district down there where you've got all the restaurants, that old town district. Omaha's a place where you don't have to stay downtown.
1: No, not at all. You can stay across the river, Council Bluffs, and no problem.
0: Absolutely. And so don't get hung up on having to stay at the ballpark or right around there. Hey, go to the Drover. Go to some of these places that that you know that You people can still talk go about. where Old
1: Rosenblatt was, a little park there, right?
0: And they've got – I don't know if it's still there or not. It was there two years ago. There's this guy who has a stand over there, and it's got all these baseball cards and all this memorabilia. It's a memorabilia shop right across from where Old Rosenblatt used to be. It's a pretty cool little spot. and. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was there two years ago. I've got a lot of little trinkets and stuff from like 1985. I've got a, a cup from the '85 World Series in there.
1: See you what know, I did in 1985? Because we went up and you, you, man, you were there forever. And one of the off days went down to Lincoln to the University of Nebraska and uh, ran a lap around the football field with Tom Osborne, which was kind of a cool deal.
0: I broke in the football stadium. That was in 2013. We were up there for two weeks. That's when I was helping Jim do baseball. We were there for a long time. The last time we went, we went actually went to Chicago, went to Cubs, no, went to a White Sox or a Yankees games. Our good friends Marcus Timms. Then you go to the Field of Dreams place. Went to the Field of Dreams and drove across Iowa. Now we went way out of the way to go to Chicago and then to go to Omaha, but we had a blast. So that's a uh, the airport's right there close to downtown if you want to fly in. It's a good trip, man. I'm telling you, it's a good trip. And that's the first thing my son said tonight was, "Hey, we're going right." And I was like, "Eh, eh okay." You're gonna put me in a corner. So, it's it's a great trip. You need to make it if you have never made it before. And uh, that's that's a great scene. Here's the thing about the College World Series, and we'll talk about this in depth. We'll have a preview show. We'll have post game wraps for you next week after the games. Here's the thing about the College World Series. Now all bets are off. Everybody's kind of even because you got day offs days off in there. And we're in the second side, which in 2013, we played on Saturday, which means if you win the first two games, you got three days off before you get to Friday. Now you got two days off if you win the first two. And so it is so spread out that teams that don't have a ton of pitching depth, it kind of narrows that a little bit. And I'm, you know, what what's, have we said about our team all year long? We got a lot of pitching depth. But here at the end of the year, it doesn't really? feel that way all of a sudden, does it? We don't feel like we have a whole lot of pitching depth.
1: No, and so I think it's one of those things. The spread out helps you. Think about this. College baseball, unusual. Football plays the same kind of football game. The only difference you have is you've got a longer gap between the end of your season and then the playoffs. Basketball runs through a tournament every couple of days. Baseball, we we go through a four-team tournament, then two teams play in a best of three, then you're going to go to Omaha essentially back to really what you have at Omaha is two four tournaments. Yeah. Taking place. And then you go back to a best of three with different spacing and different timing than you've had coming in. It's a it's a little bit of a strange way to crown a champion, but here we are.
0: Here's what I feel good about is we've got a lot of guys who have been there. And so, you know and they're not going to have the opening ceremonies this year. And so it's it's gonna be different than it has been in years past, but you're not going to be overcome by walking in to what you're walking into. It's a cool setup, man. I'm telling you, gotta go if you have if you've never been. Charlie, hey, I've enjoyed it. Went a little bit longer tonight. I probably could have gone about two hours. And um Well, I just I have to say this one more time.
1: And I know I've said it, but you know what? We're going the world series, so I'm gonna say it again. Tonight was really cool. Oh, tonight yeah. was really cool, and just as a dad, being able to be out there with my kids, uh, being out there to be out, you know, with the friends of my kids, it, that's just one of those things you're going to me- remember. And we, boy, we've been kind of romanticizing some old <laughs> series. This is one of them, man. It was I just booked a memory again tonight, and I'm, uh, I am really just happy. To be a part of that, I'm very happy with what Mississippi State's done to build that stadium, and you said it before, that's why that stadium was built. Yep. Tonight's like tonight. And I'm telling you, it's special, and that new stadium makes a difference. It
0: does. It does. Hey, listen, all you Bulldog fans, I know you're probably going to tune us in on your way to work tomorrow. It's still late night tonight on Monday night. Be nice at work tomorrow. Be nice at work if you have friends <laughs> if you have friends that 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 patronize other other schools, don't spike the football, don't get in fights at work, just smile, just smile. they know that you know <laughs> so hey, enjoyed it as always. appreciate you guys hanging out with us for our post game rap show once again, thanks to our friends at bank first our bank first studios right here in downtown Starkville. Well, then of course, maroon and white Realty bringing you our stats. And then our good friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats on University Drive for our play of the game. Dogs win it 11-7, to 7 and we'll play in Omaha, Nebraska on Sunday night at 6 o'clock against the Longhorns of the University of Texas. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bar Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on the post-game wrap.